just walked away. I was like, all right, I've antagonized Bill to play this game. I'm just going to go home, drive away in my truck. Guys, uh, I don't want to be an asshole here, but these reminiscent stories of your childhood, I don't need to hear them. I wasn't there. Uh, As we know, you can't tell any stories that Derek wasn't involved in. That's right. Why do you think I haven't listened to any of the podcasts I haven't been a part of? Hello and welcome to Hold My Popcorn, where we make fun of the good movies and trash the bad ones. I'm Max Healy out of Nashville, and in Boston we have Tim Begin. How are you, Timmy? Fantastic. First time I've seen this movie all the way through, and uh, really enjoyed the uh, the baseball version of Pretty Woman. <laughs> oh my god, I had that in my notes. Well, now you can't say anything, Derek. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you haven't been introduced. Joke's on you, Pac. I'm in your hotel room. <laughs> All right, also in Boston, we have Mike Kruppel. How's it going, buddy? Very well, very well, Max. It's, um, I'm very excited to see this movie again, remembering a lot of wonderful scenes I had forgotten and uh, just enjoying, you know, the intermingling of baseball and just a woman in a small town who just looks Excellent. Excellent. And we also got Derek Brady with us today. Where are you this week, Derek? I'm in Waldorf, Maryland, and shockingly, that is worse than it sounds. Um, I'm tired. This is like the 70th time I've seen this movie. Um, and Susan Sarandon's not attractive. Move along. Okay, well, for week two of our baseball movie month, we went back to the minors and watched the 1988 baseball cleat-chasing cuck classic, Bull Durham. Wow. wow. I yeah. can't believe you got that out. Max has been practicing all day. He's been saying in the mirror yeah. for the past three hours. I have definitely so- said that out loud more than one time. Not going to lie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, but it was directed by Ron Shelton and starring Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins. Um, so before we were on here, Timmy had uh, expressed that he hasn't really, he's never actually seen this movie all the way through. And um, he sent us a text just saying, is this movie about a whore when he first turned it on? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first 40 minutes, are, I mean, in Tim's defense, the first 40 minutes of this hour and a half long movie has like 90 seconds of baseball in it. Yeah. Yeah, and the last 20 minutes is just softcore porn. <laughs> yeah. Oh I my like god, I can't wait high. to get to that. Yeah. I, I actually I, I actually watched this over two days and it was like right before the wedding scene and I turned it off because Nikki came in. I'm like, it's all right. I mean, after this it's pretty much just Kevin Costner fucking Susan Serena for twenty minutes and then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My notes uh. my notes my notes precipitously drop off after that. I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> like some hackneyed version, like someone grabbing for something and be like, "Ooh, I'm gonna hold on to this to demonstrate the shake it." <laughs> it's like, so you know it's good. Spill that milk. <laughs> uh, you guys lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this movie, so Sports Illustrated and Rotten Tomatoes rated this as the number one sports movie of all time. Um, a lot of big leaguers say that this movie is by far the most accurate uh, depiction of what it's like to be a pro baseball player. Which means, I guess, it's just 75% fucking, 25% actually playing baseball. Um, but also a little fun fact, too. So Sheldon, the director, he played AAA ball for Rochester, uh, the Rochester Red Wings before uh, retiring at 25 to become a screenwriter. So unlike last week's episode, the director was actually aware of how the game was actually played. Everyone's got to be wearing jeans. From what I understand, all Major League Baseball players wear jeans, jeans, jeans. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, they, they, they were they were garters and cream colored suits. <laughs> uh, yes. Perfect. And they drank a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing that's true, and that's never really explicitly mentioned. Everyone, every other scene is someone is drinking 
like fairly heavily, like in the shower, especially Kevin Costner. Bar. Yeah, Kevin Costner is drinking basically. If he's not like literally playing baseball, like he's getting like he's shot. he's drunk. Yeah, he's ironing clothes while drinking whiskey. Yeah, I mean, have I done that before? Yes, and has it worked out really well? Of course. Because why wouldn't it? I was gonna say, just based on this movie, I think we'd all fit in very well in the minors. Mm. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I was going to say, I love baseball and I'm really bad at it, so fucking let me do this. (laughs) And I can drink whiskey well, so. (laughs) (laughs) These are the skills I can bring. All right, you guys want to play like Nuke and just rush into this with our pants down? Sounds good. All right, cool. Well, I love just the start of the movie with... (laughs) Well, I mean, if we're diving right in, we got to start at the beginning, right? Or should I go to the end of my notes? Well, going to the end of notes would start you at the beginning. So why don't we just... Maybe we can Tarantino this thing. But uh, It's like reading Chinese. It's backwards. (laughs) I just love that the movie starts with a a black woman screaming yes over random eclectic shots of historical baseball. That's racist. How do you know she's black? (laughs) Oh, she's black. There ain't ain't a white woman with a soul like that. This is why Derek doesn't narrate the movie. Continue on, Max. Let's progress. Let's just start with it. This is is useless. All right, let's get the movie started with a racial quote. Yeah, I was going to say, for... She's singing. Hey, I was complimenting her. There ain't no white woman that can sing like that. Okay, well, the movie opens up with... Um, the movie opens up with Lucky Charm and baseball groupie Annie, played by Susan Sarandon, listening to a black lady singing, apparently, and uh, telling the audience that the one player she picks to have an affair with each season always ends up having the best year of their career. Um, oh, by, the, by the way, too, the director said that the ball players call groupies Annie's for code. <laughs> so I, I like that. I, I, I just that. love that she's the, the one note I have from that, other than, of course, what we've already talked about. Is uh, that she says I never make love to a ball player hitting 250, and I immediately thought, well, fuck, Nick Punto's a virgin. <laughs> That's a deep dive for Nick, Nick Punto. Punto. Well, he's got a solid glove up the middle, doesn't he? <laughs> she he she mentions that. Go glove second baseman, right? Yeah. Say. Hey, she said hits 250. That's all <laughs> we need to know. She said unless they got a lot of power or they got a good glove up the middle. Uh, Derek. Derek is too focused on trying to figure out what race the person was that was singing. <laughs> I was just trying to stay awake. <laughs> My initial thoughts week. on this was just like, this woman has an extremely coherent whore philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> like she's, she's got whoring down to a science, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's like the queen of cougars. That's kind of what I thought throughout this. I was just like, she's like the uh, the idea of the cougar before that. Like, be, there was like some sort of uh, term for it. Yeah, she's for like, sure. Listen, I've been living in this town forever, and I always just look for the finest piece of ass. And then I just whip ball. them and just make them like my little fucking boy toy. Yeah, I read them poetry, <laughs> like really, really bad poetry. So you're at the ballpark with Mr. Arizona as the manager. Derek doesn't uh-huh. get that reference, but loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> he's chewing out top pitching prospect Tim Robbins after finding him with his pants halfway off, banging one of the team groupies in the locker room. Boom! Yeah, I just love it. game times in four minutes. Why aren't you warm? I am warm. It's perfectly good, but again, this just goes to how bad Nathan Arizona is. I was like, why did you not recognize that your pitcher like wasn't ready for the game before five minutes? I mean, I get it's like you know whatever single A ball, but yeah, get your shit together. He's basically Aaron Boone. He didn't need like who didn't realize that Severino wasn't ready for the playoff in the playoffs. So. <laughs> I just love any any movie that starts out with Tim Robbins' white ass. Ugh. Yeah, just diving right in. That's a sore sight to see. 
Uh, Max, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> there's two. There's two like sort of unbelievable parts to this movie, and the first one is that Tim Robbins would be allowed to have sex with a person, and the second one is that Tim Robbins would be good at pitching. Oh my God, he is the worst. I mean, just terrible, terrible in this movie. I don't know. As that's concerned. He's what? better than Gary Busey. No, I don't know. His form's pretty great, gang. He's it's yeah, it's yeah, you fine. You gotta love a pitcher that that turns his head to second base. As he's releasing the ball every fucking pitch. Yeah, Hideo he's like Nomo? A, he's like a Caucasian Hideki Okajima. Yeah, or, or Nomo, or uh, Venezuela, whatever his name was. There's, there's been a few. Fernando Venezuela. So, like, that's the whole thing. Like, he doesn't pitch like that in the beginning of the movie. And then, she, like, she mentions Fernando Venezuela, like, halfway through. And then he changes his wind-up in the movie. Uh, all right, well, let's just, gotta, let's, let's just move on here. So, uh, Robbins, and he stumbles out of the dugout, zips his pants up, runs over to the mound to throw out his first pitch, like Paco did, just throwing it 50 feet over the backstop. <laughs> Been there, done that. Hey, that was not <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> and then for pitch two, he drills the batter square in the back. Uh, it was basically it was basically the whole first outing for Henry Rowan Gardner. <laughs> I mean, if we're if we're calling a spade a spade here, that was the exact same fucking scene. Oh, you mean Rowanbacker? <laughs> yeah, Henry Rosenbacker. Rosenbacker. <laughs> also, I love how there's later on where they're like, "Wow, he threw 95," and I'm like. Lady, do you know how many fucking pitchers can throw 95 miles an hour? Yeah, this is before steroids. This is before every single player was on the roids. Unless you're throwing, like, unless you're Araldus Chapman throwing, like, 101 every single time, throwing 95 is not going to, like, blow me away. Yeah. I mean, Tim Robbins throwing 95 miles an hour, yes. Tim (laughs) Robbins, the actual person doing that, that would be amazing. (laughs) But... But no, I'm not. I'm not bamboozled by this. But then they also they say something like his last three pitches were faster than his first three. So maybe he's got a little. He's got some extra zip to it. Perhaps, perhaps. It's true, man. Did, I mean, did he was he just even, fucking a girl five minutes before he threw the first <laughs> pitch. Did, did anyone hear the uh, the stats that they that they rolled out for his outing? Yeah, hold on one second. Um, oh, just, okay. I, I just do love the line. I do love the line um, that Sarandon asked him about the group. He's like, "So how was he?" And he's like, "Eh." He fucks away pitches kind of all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and then they then they proceed to tell us that he walked 18 and struck out at 18. Now, I did New the math here, boys. I did the math here. Oh, if boy. he went three strikes on every strikeout and four balls just in the at-bat on every walk, he would have thrown 54 strikes and 72 balls <laughs> for a minimum of 126. <laughs> Before the pitch counts, though. Good. Well, I would venture to say if you're walking 18, you're not getting through the third inning. So how are you <laughs> going to strike out 18? Yeah, that's true. Unless you get all those wild pitches and they're just swinging like assholes, just they're I just mean, taking extra bases. I heard that. I was like, wait a second, that's fucking lazy screenwriting there. Yeah. <laughs> Although, who was it? It was AJ Burnett. He had a no hitter, and they asked like I remember like it was ba- like Baseball Digest back when I was a kid. I used to read it every week. And they interviewed him and said, what was, um, oh, they always had the same questions, which was like, what is your most embarrassing moment in the, in the big leagues? What's your, like your greatest moment in the big leagues? And he said, both. He's like, I threw a no hitter, but I walked 11 people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, he used to walk people so much. So much. Another one that he threw, threw a lot of heat though. Yeah. And then also, uh, got to mention that he, he hit the bull mascot twice. Also a new league l- record. Oh my God! So this this bull has <laughs> wild access to this game. 
I mean, he's just <laughs> meandering behind home plate as the pitcher is pitching. <laughs> yeah, is he's passing, wild. He's passing on deck circle. Oh my god! Oh, he's he's directly behind the catcher and umpire at a point <laughs> in this movie. Like this guy. What you get? Yeah, I mean, they had fucking Junior Seau back there with his CTE. It's <laughs> <laughs> the thing. It's like every single mascot that gets hit, they just die. So they just take the guy out of the bot, out of the suit, and just put another person in there. <laughs> he catches a ninety-five mile an hour fastball to the fucking <laughs> dome. <laughs> he goes down quick too. He just. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Billy Bob and uh, Varsity Blues. They just like have a tally of his concussions or whatever. <laughs> um, also, though, the pitching coach in this Arliss, um, he, he just reminds me of like the human Ernie from Sesame Street. Yeah, I can see that. He's in like a bunch of okay. other stuff too. Yeah, yeah he, he fucking can... sucks. He was in Batman. He was. He's like the reporter. Yeah, and he sucks. Batman and Robin. No. 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 Fuck okay. Paco no. for bringing that up. No, no. <laughs> Go to hell. No, he was he was in the '89 Batman. He wasted like ten minutes of that movie with him just being a fucking douchebag. Yeah, just useless. <sighs> useless. All right. Well, then old Kevin Costner, aka Crash Davis, one of the best baseball nicknames ever, um, who's a seasoned minor league vet, strolls in and is told that he was traded and sent down to the lowest minor league level to mentor Tim Robbins who, as you've already seen, has a million-dollar arm with a five-cent head. Crash just says, fuck this fucking game, and quits, then turns around, walks back into the coach's office, asks who's uh, who they're going to be playing the next day. So um, a little bit after that, they're at the bar. Crash and uh, Robbins are just puffing their chests out, calling dibs on Annie. So they then take it outside, and Crash challenges Robbins to hit him with a chest with a baseball. Yeah, so apparently Kevin Costner's just toting a baseball around everywhere he goes in his fucking jacket. <laughs> He's dedicated, Paco. He loves the game so much. He does. I do this too. In fact, I have a, th- I have a, I think the world would be a better place if I was allowed to carry a bucket of baseballs around with me and I could <laughs> throw the baseballs as hard as I, hard as I could at people that I thought were being dickheads. This just <laughs> in. 20 people die on the Boston Tea today at the hands of a vicious <laughs> madman. No, 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 because you're not, you're not understanding the concept here. I'm, I'm not good at throwing baseballs. Like, I, I'm probably going to hit, I don't know, one out of 10, one out of 20. One out of 20 is probably being <laughs> Well, generous, 20 right? would still die, but you're just going to hit the wrong fucking person. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. All right. Reasonable. Let's just wait for it. <laughs> but here's the deal. Here's the rub, right? I get to throw baseballs at people that I think are acting like dickheads, but I'm going to miss them. They have the opportunity to come back and beat the shit out of me. I think this is a good system. Tim, they sound like low percentage kills. They're not, they're probably not going to be kills. This, this is just lesson learning. You know what I mean? Tim just lobbing up 57 mile an hour fastballs at people. I forgot to tell you, I throw underhand like Jenny Finch. <laughs> <laughs> like Henry Rowengardner's mom. Yeah. That's right. The best in the bit. Uh, so Crash, he starts playing mind games with Robbins, which works because he, he then throws the ball five feet to the right, breaking the back door window. Then Robbins swings at Crash, but instead just he gets hit square in the face, knocking him into a pile of trash. So uh, then he introduces himself as the new catcher. Says rule number one, don't think it only hurt the team. Then he buys Robbins a drink. The punches in this movie are almost like slapstick. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kevin Costner punches him and like pulls straight back. 
like rabbit punches him. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. It's probably made in like a shoestring budget, right? They think they like didn't they actually like film this in like Durham? Yeah, they did everything, and they filled in in the off season. I know. I noticed that there's you could see Kevin Costner's breath. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold at a bunch of points, which I yep. thought was fun. But yeah, I don't know. I also think it's funny because that was the, the the girl that's like the nymphomaniac that's not um, Millie Susan Sarandon. Yeah, her. Like there's one point where she just like jumps on a dude and he like carries her back into the bar. I'm like, this lady has has no bounds. There's no, no limits. This lady had uh, what you might want to call an absent father. <laughs> yeah, but he's got that scoreboard. Exactly right. That's a good point. He bought the scoreboard. That's a good point. <laughs> take it away. You haven't scored any damn runs all year anyway. <laughs> yeah, I also like the line later on. She's going, hey, I'm Millie. It's like, hi, Millie. And then she goes to the one of the other guys. It's like, hi, I'm Millie. I'm married. <laughs> Just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she knows what she's looking for. Yep. What's she looking right. for, Preble? Okay, well, after this, uh, the, <laughs> it's all right, Preble. Uh, they're very watching. Wise, Max, very wise. <laughs> they're watching Annie dance with the What's baseball the clown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you angered the uh, oh. laptop. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Annie, she, she then finishes her beer, tells both guys to come back to her place, which the scene always makes me laugh every time because Sarandon's just monologuing and. Costner's just looking down her shirt the entire time. And then <laughs> after she invites him back to her house, Robbins just kind of has like this scrunched up, confused look on his face. And then uh, Costner, he's just like downs his whiskey, just nods his head profusely. And just he's like, you know, pats him on the back. It's like, all right, let's go. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> so Annie sits them both down, tells him that she's going to pick one for the year and crash immediately gets up and uh, says after 12 years in the minors, he doesn't try out. Then he delivers his little manifesto on what he believes in, which makes Susan Sarandon um, wet in her britches. Yeah, I was going to say, even I can say incredibly wet. Like she, <laughs> really, she emoted uh-huh. so hard. This was like, Ooh. One, might oh call it, one might call it sopping wet. Definitely had to change your britches. It was a rain <laughs> out that day. Yeah, but but Max, the, my favorite my favorite line of this, and I think Harvey Weinstein must have wrote this because <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. No, 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 Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner goes. He's like, well, how are you gonna choose which one you're gonna sleep with? And then she gives him her her methodology, her mm-hmm. like you know, her essentially like job interview like methodology for how she's gonna get dick down. <laughs> and then. And then Kevin Costner goes, why can't I choose? Why can't I be the one to choose? And I'm just like, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. her body, Kevin? You can't just choose that. That's called rape. <laughs> I disagree with your choice. You're having sex with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I firmly disagree. And all the writers in the room are like, Harvey, I don't think this line really plays. This doesn't seem like, this isn't how, it's how my relationships work. Hey, you make your story about baseball and make that realistic. I tell you the real life stories of how my life is real. Yeah. This is what's making it real realistic. Exactly. So for the uh, for the the pun cast loving of us, all oh, I see is quote of her. This is a weird pitch on her part <laughs> to both of them. Thank you. Pun cast. Pun cast. Looks like Costner's gonna have to balk at this deal. Oh God. <laughs> pun cast. Oh my god. You guys lovely, are the fucking worst. Lovely. 
And there's also four balls in the room. <laughs> oh, we could be here all night just doing puns. She's going to walk all over there. Guess balls. what, Max? It made Kevin Costner walk. <laughs> Costner's like, either either I'm going to at least third base tonight or I'm walking. <laughs> if, if Lance Armstrong was in that room, there'd be three strikes and they'd be out. <laughs> Fuck her until she's out, right? Because out's a thing in baseball. Paco, give me a high five, uh, high five from long distance. Hey, guess what, Paco? That was a real strikeout. <laughs> <laughs> Insert laugh track. <laughs> works well. It works okay. Well. All right. Well, Wob- uh, Wobbins. Oh boy, this is not going to be good. Wobbins. Oh um, boy. But Robbins, he uh, walks in the next day exhausted because Annie read Walt Whitman to him while he was tied up in bed all night. <laughs> and then he also gets that nickname, Nuke. So that's that, what I'm going to call him from now on. Could that be a prequel to Misery? <laughs> Getting Walt Whitman <laughs> read to you all night while tied to the bed? <laughs> when did Misery come out? Was that 92? So, yeah, Maybe. Would be, so. Robbins at first, he's all excited. And then he notices, then he realizes, like, wait, she's not doing anything. She's just reading. And he starts, like, looking around the room. He, like, looks at his wrists that are tied up. He's like, what can I fuck myself with? Excuse me. Are we going to fuck or what? (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the directness because, you know what, that's exactly what somebody would say in real life. That's what a minor leaguer would say. This is another movie that has a lot of lines that just didn't really make much sense to me. She said, you know, he's taking, he's getting undressed or whatever. And uh, she's like, yeah, you may want well to take your, sh- your shoes and socks off. And he's like, my socks? She goes, you think Dwight Gooden leaves his socks on? I don't know, lady. Okay. I don't know. But that's the thing. Annie knows. That's, that, that is true. She's fucked every she's baseball player in the majors. fucking guy <laughs> Anybody who's got, anyone who's entered the state, yeah, anyone who's gone below the Mason-Dixon line, she is fucked. Yeah. Did anyone say that she was using a baseball card as her bookmark in the book, too? Oh, I didn't. That, yeah. that, that's that's good. All right. So then after this, you get the scene that Mean Preble were talking about earlier, which is uh, Crash's first at bat, which is honestly the most accurate depiction of what's going on through the mind of a player when he's up the bat. And then I also do love the fact that it ends with him striking out on four pitches. Dude, I love before any of that, the kid comes up to me and goes, get a hit, get a hit, Crash. And he goes, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. That is something that probably anybody would say. Be like, Dude, Fuck I, you. I left out loud. Like this little, I did too. This little soulless ginger walks up and, and try to give him some motivation. His Ooh. first at bat. Oh, Hold Tim. On, Tim. Tim, oh, defend Tim. yourself. Listen, <laughs> us gingers are hardworking people, and we can be bad boys just like everybody else. <laughs> they came to this country looking for a dream, okay? They don't, they don't need this shit. And we were told, back in the line. <laughs> And we're still there. <laughs> Viola. No adoption for you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Yowzers. <laughs> it's all right. Me and Preble uh, were on an AU team back in the day, and we like lost like 18 to nothing. And we had a doubleheader, so we had to play like right afterwards to the same exact team. And our manager, who was a full-blown alcoholic, was just screaming at us. And then he just goes... Jesus Christ, you guys got to be like a redheaded stepchild out there. <laughs> so Mitch, me and Preble just like had to look away. Just like, what? <laughs> like Max and I are playing. We're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Can't laugh, All the I'm parents starting. are like uncomfortably shifting around. <laughs> As he's like, fuck this shit. And he's going back to his like magic bag. It's like, oh, what's this? I don't know what this is. <laughs> 
Um, so Annie, she then leaves a note telling Crash that he's pulling his hips out, to which Crash then writes a note back. And uh, did anybody actually see what the note said? Yeah, it said something like, let's fuck. It says, let's fuck sometime. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he wrote back. Yeah. I was reading it. It says, all I could see was like apostrophe S, fuck, and then another word underneath. I can attest that uh, that note typically doesn't garner the response that it got with them. <laughs> typically, it gets, experience. typically it gets sent to the Boston Police Department and then I get called. <laughs> all right, let's get every redhead in the vicinity up in the lineup. <laughs> Then it becomes the old Timster's problem, I guess. He's it's the buck-tooth fre- freckled redhead. Listen, <laughs> officer, between the hours of 8 and 9 o'clock, I was on the subway throwing baseballs at people. I was nowhere near that woman. <laughs> you hear me? Some of the baseballs had Let's Fuck written on them. Because <laughs> you got you to gotta, you know, spread a wide net. There is a, a, a nice story, though. The first time I went out um, <laughs> drinking with some of my coworkers when I was still a co-op at the company I, w- I work at now, um, I did get hammered and I did walk up to a girl who happened to be standing next to her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I then inquired to the girl, I, I think very politely, mind you, I asked, would you like to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> to, to which her boyfriend I think unreasonably responded with trying to punch me in the face. <laughs> and luckily, luckily I work with another redhead who had, you know, it's a, you know, we, you know, ginger stick together who was like six, five and from Dorchester who stepped in and saved me and then put me in an Uber and sent me home. <laughs> For those of you wondering why I still have a job there, I wonder the same thing. <laughs> We get another great baseball scene with Nuke shaking off all of Crash's pitches. So then Crash tells the batter that's going to be a fastball, to which he hits it a mile and drills a bowl in the outfield. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the, just the way that Tim Robbins came across in that scene. I want to I want to announce my presence with authority. Wait, what would you say? I want to announce my presence with authority. <laughs> Hit the shit out of that one. <laughs> and then he also does uh, tell, uh, tell Nuke. He's like, yeah, I told him. But then you get another great scene after that because the manager, after a 14-2 loss, uh, goes to Crash all defeated saying he doesn't know how to get through to these guys and then Crash who's shaving by the way never even looking at the manager says you just need to scare him and then uh, Coach Arizona throws all the baseball bats at the guys in the shower and goes on his little lollygagging spiel dude I'm pretty sure you see a dick or two in that scene yeah you probably do uh, the, the really small towels really large lathered up men hey gang you know what you you know what you could say you say uh, you know, Derek, Derek never misses a dick. Never misses that pitch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's right. always 100% on this stuff. That's right, Preble. You better sleep yep. with one eye open tonight because I'm not missing a dick tonight either. I'm coming after you, Preble. I I'm count that four, dicks. four dicks. <laughs> four dicks. In the background. <laughs> yep, four Americans. What ethnicity? Um, <laughs> Damn it. Dicks, dicks have no ethnicity. <laughs> they are multilingual and multicultural. They're all yeah. green to me. <laughs> okay. Now the boys are on a 12-game road trip, and one of the players at the hotel says that they need a rain out to get back on track, to which Crash says, 100 bucks, I can get a rain out. So a few of the guys show up to the ballpark hammered in the middle of the night because they're always drunk if they're not playing. And Crash turns on the sprinklers, flooding the field while the guys slide headfirst all around the bases. Yep. 
It's a nice scene. I agree. Good yeah. commentary. Well, no, it, it, I mean, everybody's had the, the weather delay when you got the tarp and sliding across that. I mean, that's... Yep. So the director said that this was a true story, though. Like, they all one night got hammered and went out to the ballpark because they didn't want to play the next day. Because they knew they were going to be hungover. Oh, my God. And they just turned all the sprinklers on and flooded the field. That would be a lot of fun. You want to know what? That's a waste of water. It is a waste of water. And I, and I for one, am offended by that <laughs> waste of water. Okay? <laughs> there are Damn people right. who don't have any water. <laughs> and... They could have used that water. Okay. All right. I'm going to go watch The Daily Show now. (laughs) (laughs) And then quote the jokes like I made them up. (laughs) All right. So then you get one of Nuke's nightmare scene of all the fans and players laughing at him because he's pitching and wearing nothing but a jock strap with the girl's underwear on that that Annie gave him. Just real oiled up, too. He is really shiny. Really oiled up. Oh, boy, the amount of money I'd pay to oil up Tim Robbins. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a lot of baby oil. That guy's tall. <laughs> yeah, Tim Robbins is like 6'6", with all the oil lathered on him, like a solid 130 pounds. Damn. Okay. Anyway, well. We're really throwing the heater tonight, boys. Yeah, this is a great episode. <laughs> all right, then a little bit later, Nuke is in the laundry room trying to put the underwear on when Crash slaps him in the ass. Says, that's hot, which always makes me laugh. And uh, the, real, the whole point of this scene, though, is that Nuke agrees to throw whatever pitch Crash tells him to, which pays off. Well, is, is, isn't this a scene where he says the rose goes on front? Yeah. He's like, trying, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Rose like, goes oh, on front, God. big guy. <laughs> exactly, big guy. That's the best part. He's like, yeah, it's just, like, he knows what's up. And I'm like, oh, perfect, perfect. He's a renaissance man when it comes to those kind of things. Is there anything yes. more annoying than when a pitcher shakes off a catcher? Well, depends I hate on, it. No, it depends I, I on who too. the pitcher is, right? Um, if it's if it's Josh Beckett, yeah, exactly. That's, what I was thinking it's pretty irritating. Yeah. Pretty irritating if it's uh, if it's he, Chris Sale. I'm a little bit okay with it. Yeah, well, you know, even if it's John, he never does say, it. He never does it, right? Chris Sale is literally John, style. He just throws and catches and throws. Yeah, I was gonna say even if it's like you know like John Glavin, they're like the smartest pitcher who you want, right? Or you know, it's like listen, like Tom just Gladden. fucking yeah, it's like. Just fucking throw the pitch that the catcher's been preparing the entire week for, right? Like, this is what he's doing. He's like, all right, I'm focusing on this. Just fucking help him out and throw the ball he's telling you to throw. All right, and let's get back into the game. So, Nuke, <laughs> he's, he's pitching with pinpoint control. Crash tells him to uh, nail the mascot to throw the batters off, which he does, and they just both start laughing like maniacs, and Crash then tells the batter, this guy's nuts. I don't know where he's throwing it. Really, I don't know where the balls are going to be, which makes the guy <laughs> then like, swing the pit. Dig in. Also, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I appreciate that's why he wanted to do it, but also, like, what indication did Kevin Costner get that like this guy was really going to blow it for him? So Kevin Costner was just like, yeah, he's on a he's on a roll. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw him off his roll by having him almost kill the kid in the mascot outfit. <laughs> that's really going to set. That's really going to help us out with this matter. I was like, I don't think that's how it works, Kevin. I don't know that. Effectively wild. Yeah. That is, also, that, that is a real is this, thing. Why is this hitter so, like, afraid of it? Like, yeah. you never... Okay, first of all, here's something I need to tell to this batter. You never know where that ball's gonna go. Even if it's, like, the guy's got pinpoint control, he could, like, slip out of his hands. He could go straight for your teeth. It doesn't matter. 
You're and you're a fucking professional baseball player, and you're afraid to step into the box because he might hit you. So uh, Nuke, he's working on a two-hit shutout when he calls off a few of Crash's signs. And then on cue, the guy hits a monster home run. Well, after that, you get another montage of the boys winning games and Nuke vowing to not sleep with Andy until his winning streak ends. To which, uh, at this point in the movie, is two months. So uh, Crash, <laughs> he's quickly approaching the minor league home run record, but doesn't want anyone to know about it because he's kind of embarrassed. And uh, you get another bus scene with Crash uh, making Nuke write down all the cliche baseball lines like, (laughs) we got to play them one day at a time. I'm just happy to be here. Hope I can help the ball club. And then he tells Nuke that he can't fuck with his winning streak and he can't cave in and sleep with Annie. Did you think that's like a real thing? I know boxers don't. uh, Yeah. Like they don't. Baseball players are so superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> Women weak in legs. What do you think is more of a driving force for a baseball player? Busting a nut or the superstition? I'm just going to go out on a limb because I have a penis and say that <laughs> I'm probably going to have sex before uh, before I follow my superstitions. Mm-hmm. Surprised from all the things Derek had to comment on. That was not one of them. Okay. <laughs> not, I was going to say, not a fucking thing from Derek. He just goes, mm-hmm. I told you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm off my game tonight. I'm really tired. All right, so after this, uh, after the road trip, Annie's wearing a vest shirt with no bra on. She's trying to seduce Nuke to the point that she throws her legs on the table, tells him to undress her while she just grinds on his arm. But he doesn't cave in, which uh, leads to her storming over to Crash's place. <laughs> takes quite a while for uh, Newt to figure out what she's trying to do. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're yeah. playing with my mind. I'm trying to play with your body. <laughs> Give me that dick, boy. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> All right, well, she's yelling at Crash. They're yelling back and forth. And then she tells Crash that she wants him, and he tells her to leave. And then at the ballpark, things aren't going well. And uh, you get a pretty funny convo on the mound. Just This is the most unbelievable argument. But I love it because when that guy comes out, the pitching coach, he's mm-hmm. just like, it's like, well, you know, Kevin Cosh is being like flippant, right? And he's like, oh, because we need to figure out like what gift we should get for their wedding. Like, da da da. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, well, you know, like pots and pans are great. Like they're they're down the list. <laughs> um, it's like, oh okay. And candles, you should get candles. Yeah, candle, candles. And no, you could never go wrong with candles. And then like, all right, let's go. Like, all right, great. Well, Nuke's eyelids are jammed, and his old man's here. We need to find a live. We need to find a live rooster to take care of the curse off of Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Johnny for their wedding present. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the the pitching coach just kind of like takes a second. <laughs> also, I love the camera that the dad has brought because it oh weighs like forty-five pounds, like a classic, like late eighties camera. Standing in front of home plate, waving. It, yeah, it, it just looked like my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, no, well, but seriously though, because I mean, like that's what I just remember, like. You know, people like had like those gigantic cameras and they would take them. It's like, oh, so we're going to watch the literally game. Okay. And they just have like tripods set up so you get it like they're like the like the local Nesson, right? Like the local baseball station. It's like no one's ever watching this. Like I think I struck it every time, dad. Like just <laughs> fucking burn it. Like burn these to the ground. That's not my memory of Little League. My memory of Little <laughs> League was was far more horrifying. It was like dad sitting shirtless on his Jaguar smoking a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Parked right behind the backstop. So whenever like a fly ball went backwards, people were like, yeah. just hoping. Right. Like, it's like, this is a white like, snake music, music video out of my nightmares. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll get back into it. So Crash, then he gets thrown out of the game in the most baseball way possible, which is like straight, like this whole scene is like straight up, like taking a, um, a scene from Earl Weaver 
like an argument. Yeah. So Crash, he just starts screaming. That's a cocksucking play. The umpire <laughs> goes, you call me a cocksucker? No, I said the play was a cocksucker. You want me to throw you out? Just say it. You want me to say it? You want me to say it? Beg me to say it. Beg me pretty please to say it. Just call me a cocksucker and you're out of here. You're a cocksucker. <laughs> no, you're a cocksucker. You're out of here. I physically don't understand how like professional folk, like professional just athletes in general, like you're pl- if you're playing sports on that high of a competitive level, I would say the most heinous, horrendous things. Like I wouldn't even have to be provoked. I would just say terrible, terrible things. Oh my god, what I would give yeah. to see a Tim begin mic'd up seg- segment. <laughs> Let's cut back to two thousand five to six. I was in the stands at a Division three. High school basketball game <laughs> in Massachusetts, mind you, and thre- was threatening to murder people. <laughs> Tim would just be Russell Westbrook, just telling all the fans that he's going to kill you and his wife. <laughs> yeah, that would be like the minimum thing I would say. <laughs> it's run or test every other game. <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously, I would be in the stands. Every, the, the only the difference between me, me? Only difference between me and Ron Artest is now get the shit kicked out of me. Is <laughs> <laughs> that Tim would be the guy who didn't throw the popcorn and got blasted in the face? Yeah, yeah, I'd be that like nerd guy who's just like, <laughs> wait, no. Yeah, he thought he was going to a Dungeons and Dragons conference. <laughs> so getting fucking like smashed in the face. Um, by the way, if you guys have never listened to it, just YouTube Earl Weaver umpire argument and it's they had him mic'd up for one of the games of him just saying the most like horrendous shit to, to an umpire and the umpire is just giving it right back to him that's if i think we're thinking if i'm thinking the same clip you are too it's just like they're like they're playing out the scene because they don't think they're being recorded it's like so you want to throw you out it's like yeah it's like all right well and they just like scream at each other you want to get kicked out of the game the umpire is like i'm not kicking you out of this game earl he's like fuck you you're kicking me out i'm not leaving until yeah. you kick me out he's like you're not i'm not kicking you out earl yeah Exactly. And then he's, but one of, the, one of the best lines is Earl says, I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. And the umpire goes, for what, losing the World Series four times? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good that, burn that is. That's when that umpire got so into the, the umpiring world, <laughs> you know, Hall of Fame for just throwing a, a savage burn on this guy. Bye, Earl. All right. So then after the game, Newt gets called up to the show and he gives uh, Annie a big hug bye. Goes over to the Billers to tell a really drunk Crash that he made it, but Crash is in no mood to hear about it. And they start a fight, ending with Nuke punching him to the ground. Then you get uh, another moment that kind of sticks out to me is with uh, Crash just saying you never hit a drunk with your pitching hand. That's like a lefty, that's like a lefty Grove thing, right? It's like, yeah. Uh, well, admittedly, that's like the first thing I thought of when he swung. I was like, oh. oh. Someone like, should have taught no, that to Kevin Brown. <laughs> never hit a drunk with a pitching hand. Yeah. No She's never hit a, a cement yeah. wall with a oh, pitching wall. hand. Yeah, Fenway. With literally the best part about this was that, like, we, even though it's been, like, shown, kind of, like, hinted throughout, like, Kevin Costner, like, Crash, is, like, a bad person, you know? Yeah, he's an That's asshole. I love it. He's, like, a real asshole. Like, you think he's, like, oh, but he's got, you know, he's, like, he's rough around the edges, but he's a really good guy. It's like, no, he's, like, vain, upset, like, a drunk, like, angry. He's, like, I could yeah. have been, like, a big star, but I wasn't, and here I am, and you suck. Like, you have what I want, and fuck you for it. And I was like, this is, like, a perfect scene to demonstrate this, and I loved it. Yeah, it's like, you got the, I got the brains, and you got the talent. It's, like, it's not fair. Then he, broke, then he broke that guy's mirror. He's like, what the fuck about my mirror? And then he starts <laughs> laughing. Yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's like, I'm a millionaire. I'm a, I'm a single-A star. Yeah, and then the next morning, Crash meets Nuke at the locker room as he's packing up. 
and he gives Nuke one piece of advice or his last piece of advice and wishes him good luck. And then uh, you get the wedding scene with Millie and the preacher player. And uh, Derek, you'll enjoy this little trivia. So you notice how that like this is the only scene in the entire movie in which the, the, the field is completely sold out. Yeah. The stadium. Mm. So it's because they had a uh, Pink Floyd at a concert in Chapel Hill like a few hours prior, and they just invited all the fans back to go to the game. <laughs> so when the fan, like, it's like, I don't know if you know, it's like the crowd is like really into it when these, like, you make Kiss the Bride. The crowd's just, yeah! <laughs> Dude, that, I love this, web, I love this episode, or sorry, this this part so much because. Yeah, you're not going to love this episode, I can tell you that. <laughs> that oh, that's yeah. for certain. Oh yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> Yeah, so after the game, though, Crash gets called into the manager's office and sadly gets released from the ball club, which is uh, pretty fucking cold-blooded by this organization. Yeah, for sure. That like, was cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. <laughs> like, the season's also over. Plus, he traded the guy and demoted him from AAA to single-A to mentor this pitcher, which he did a fantastic job of that he got called up to the majors and then he just yeah. fucking cut him. <laughs> Life's not fair, gang. That's why I'm in this box. I used to be, uh, <laughs> I used to be number one. You know, I used to be just shaping minds and such, and then they they threw me away, and now here I am. Just, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm always, I'm always got a thumb out, I'm always just waiting for someone to pick me up and just uh, carry me on to a new life. Yeah, it's tough, but okay. <clears throat> Boy, right, this so. this podcast sucks. <laughs> All right, let's, let's pick it up. Derek, start doing some put, start doing some jumping jacks. Let's go. You can only have one quiet person in this, this show, and that's Tim, so you need to start talking more. <laughs> All right, so a defeated crash along with some super sexy saxophone music. Oh, my God. Walks over. <laughs> as soon as that saxophone music weapon started shit. playing, I pulled my dick out. I knew something was about to happen that I was going to really enjoy and then I, I was not disappointed because I got to watch Susan Sarandon put, put fucking Crash's hairy nipple. <laughs> in you know, he goes over. He says he got cut. And then for the next 10 minutes, they just proceed to fuck on every single appliance and floor surface in this house. Preble, there was one thing, one note I took at this point. I felt like the, oh my, was the, the face <laughs> swipe of this movie. Her, her impression of uh, George Takei is really wanting in this one. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. I literally, I saw it happening and I literally just skipped over like five minutes of the movie. I saw a bunch of hands reaching out. I saw tables shaking and I was like, I get it. This is, this is not for Mike. So if they put a black light on this woman's home, like... <laughs> on her? What about just on Susan Sarandon? Jesus, Mary. Yeah. Oh my God, it's a ghost. It's a spooky ghost. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead Tim. Like, Dear Lord, is this just like, did you just like do a paint roller of semen all over your walls? <laughs> She's like, no, no, I've literally fucked every baseball player, little league to pro, within like a 30-mile radius. The first time I saw this movie, though, in that sex scene, and they just have like a zoomed-in shot of just Kevin Costner's just belt and Susan Sarandon's face right in front of his dick as she goes to like, un, you know, undo his belt and zip his pants down. I was just like, oh my God, are they actually going to oh, show dude. her like just fully blowing this dude? <laughs> so Max goes, ma'am, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> okay, let's get That's back into threat. it. Paco, All right. What's your, what's your horror philosophy? My what? What's your horror philosophy? Oh, Susan Sarandon has one in this movie. It sounds like mm-hmm. you might have one too. Everybody's a whore. You just got to figure out where that piece of them is. 
Wow. Yeah, that was actually kind of deep. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but, you know, it's kind of deep. Derek did graduate with a philosophy degree. No, I didn't. Psychology. I mean, didn't. I, psychology. psychology. I know. Okay, that makes me. Say, I, I don't believe tacos ever. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, y'all remember Kierkegaard's talking about the soul? <laughs> this is like, oh my gosh, could you imagine this? <laughs> Derek only knows one Play-Doh, and that's the toy. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, I heard that Sartre. He's got a good point on existentialism. It's like, oh my god, Jesus! Oh my Christ. god, is that Mister Arizona? <laughs> is it? I don't know if he knows. Anytime I ever make make an attempt to speak like a Southern person, it always becomes a, a huge stereotype. Even though I know what Derek sounds like exactly. That's racist, bro. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right. Well, uh, Costner just got his eighth nut out on uh, Sarandon, and he woke up, so now he's going to be leaving. He wrote, and he writes a note, goes to play for Asheville, where he breaks the minor league home run record. And then uh, you cut the nuke for the last time, now is a big leaguer with a new fresh haircut, delivering all the cliche lines that Crash taught him. Like, nuke, like he's just going on and on, and she's just nodding her head, doesn't say a word. It's like, Rain, right? That's a beautiful name. What is it, Greek? No? There's a Mother Cruz song named Rain. You ever heard of it? No? Well, anyways, that's what I was saying. I loved it because that's like him, like his his once and mine, like overcoming like all the lessons that have been taught. But like he's trying to like balance them. It's so funny. As the movie wraps up, Crash is back in Annie's house telling her that he hit his home run and then he quit. And maybe he can make it to the show as a manager. And Andy, uh, Annie, Jesus. Then Annie tells Crash that she's quitting boys and thinks he'll be a great manager. Then they both dance in the living room as the credits start to roll. Bull Durham. Is the dancing a euphemism for them having sex? I don't think it's a euphemism because they had plenty of sex in this movie. That's a good point, Max. I think is that in the beginning of the movie, he told her he doesn't dance. And then all he does in the next like 20 minutes is fuck her and dance. Oh, that's what I coming out of his shell. He's overcoming boundaries. Yes, he's, he's breaking through those. People growing and becoming better people. Yay. <laughs> if I can change, and you can change, and we can all fuck Susan Sarandon, we can all change. Rocky didn't fucking train all the way over Christmas so that we wouldn't appreciate the freedom he granted us, okay? Mm-hmm. That's true, because dang, Rocky dang. did grant us that freedom. He did, all alone. Metaphorically and literally brought that wall down. All right, so on to trivia. There's a lot of trivia here, guys. First one, and this is uh, this is going to be a sad one for me and Preble. Kurt Russell, who I've mentioned before, played uh, AA baseball and was leading the Texas League in batting when he retired after a torn rot- uh, rotator cuff. Uh, he helped write the script and was scheduled to play Crash Davis, but then he went out of town and the producers offered the role to Costner. What? Are you shitting me? And I've no, this is this is for a fact because he was on the Bill Simmons podcast a few years ago and he told this exact story. Dude, this is so yeah. devastating. Could you imagine Kurt Russell in this? So much oh. better. Harrison Ford and Mel Gibson were both considered for the role, as well as Nick Nolte, Don Johnson, Jeff, and uh, Jeff Bridges, but they all turned it down. Good. Anthony Michael Hall was also considered for the role of Nuke, but showed up 30 minutes late to his uh, first meeting, and he admitted that he never read the script. So they set up a follow-up meeting the next day, and then he said that he only read half the script. So <laughs> <laughs> the director said no. The producer still wanted to hire him, and the director said that he would quit if they hired him. <laughs> 
Fucking little he was, shit. Was he going to be for the pitcher? He was going to be Nuke. Yeah. He was actually 19. That's young hubris right but, there. Yeah, but yeah. Anthony Michael Hall sucks. Prick. So, yeah. So Especially back then. He was in a real healthy coke habit back in the late 80s after all the uh, yeah. the Brat Pack movies. Yeah, that's true. Which is, which is reasonable. <laughs> I mean, I would too if I were him. I get it. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't be on a bunch of blow if you're on top of the world. It's 1988. Uh, speaking of blow, also Charlie Sheen was considered for the role, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, Charlie Sheen would have had like a monopoly on baseball movies had this had that been the case. Uh, yeah, Eight Men Out. He well, that's what the movie that he that's why he turned it down because he he took Eight Men Out instead. Ah, uh, and they offered uh, Tim Rob uh, Tim Robbins a role as well in Eight Men Out, so they kind of like flipped roles. Interesting. But at least so Charlie Sheen, like he could actually throw like a ninety-two mile per hour fastball. Like he was he was scouted. <laughs> When he was in high school. Sure. Charlie Sheen also admitted to taking steroids during Major League. <laughs> Charlie Sheen? He did, yeah. Yeah, he admitted that he took steroids during that th- that movie. He's like, my character would, so I would. Oh so my I did God, too. I bet he was the most insufferable cunt. Um, also, David Coveney was considered. Oh, what a d- Taya Leone. What you got, what you got hey, for listen, me, Tim? Listen, Taya. I know, listen, I know Timmy I'm loves David. I love you, babe. I love, <laughs> I love David Duchovny. You kidding me? Can you imagine that movie? Though? This would have been like, with him and Costner in it, it would have been like the battle of the nasally monotone voices. <laughs> Max, you bite your tongue. Who are you calling meat? I'm calling you meat. Okay. Throw the cheese. Well said. It would have been the same level of this podcast as far as energy goes. Burn! And it would have been a hit. Um, <laughs> yeah, then Tim Robbins said his audition consisted of him just playing catch. I <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to see if he could throw a baseball from the mound. Yeah, yeah and then well, he really like, couldn't throw a baseball from the mound. Oh my god, yeah, no, he could throw it. Well, I love it. Yeah, it didn't I mean, look. It didn't look good. Well, see, the problem was is that they said he looked like Dontrell Willis with a stutter. Yeah. Well, they, and they said he's they said he was throwing like ninety five mile an hour gas, and then they had actually cut to like behind the catcher, and he's throwing rainbows mm-hmm. in there. Come on, come on. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so for Annie, the uh, the producers, the studio, they wanted Kim Basinger, and uh, yep, which is you know understandable. Who doesn't want Kim Basinger? Yeah, sure. And then uh, Sheldon, he wanted either uh, Ellen Barkin, or I guess yeah, he he wanted Ellen Barkin or some other person, which I have absolutely no idea who the fuck she is. Um, and then they also they sent the script over to Mary uh, Steenbergen, who's the mom from Step Brothers, yeah. Deborah Winger, who was um. The daughter in uh, terms of endearment. I actually had to look her up. I was like, who the fuck is that? But she got nominated for three Oscars between 1983 and 1994. Glenn, Cl- uh, Glenn Close, which would have been fucking gross. Yeah. Um, Carrie Fisher, which would have been funny to see her a year removed from The Last Jedi in this movie. Again, speaking of cocaine. Melanie Griffith hmm. and Kelly McGinnis. Kelly McGinnis? Ew. Yeah. I like Fuck Kelly McGinnis. You want to know who I don't oh, like? Oh, you Kelly just Basinger. see what she looks like now. Oh, boy. What? All right, I'll look. I'll look her up here. <laughs> oh boy, she's a, she's a stone cold fox. I'll tell you what. If there was an award for n- number of chins grown, she'd win. <laughs> she looks like Kathy Bates, Kelly McGinnis. She's in Top Gun. She's the McGillis. Yeah. Oh my god. What a transformation. Yes. This is just a lesson. I mean, just putting this out there as a PSA to all our female listeners. 
don't don't start looking bad when you get old. I mean, you know, just <laughs> basically just don't get old. That's what I'm saying to you. Just man. never age. Never age. Don't look bad. You know, this is just from coming from a guy, you know, who who re, we rule the world. Just telling you, <laughs> come from one late twenties white man. Listen, I am I am a white cisgendered male. <laughs> Pronouns his him <laughs> stuff Me, another yeah. he him his he <laughs> yeah. him his, he <laughs> him his. <laughs> most important one me just me too <laughs> just remember that if you start looking gross you know stop stop looking gross Quit yeah. it. um they also considered Michelle Pfeiffer but she was too young so Sarandon, she's, this is what Sarandon said. She, uh, she said she was the bottom of the barrel because they thought that she was too old and not funny. <laughs> I thought she was funny. I did too. She was great yeah, in it. I thought she, I thought she fucking nailed this movie. Like I, I can't imagine anybody else in this she movie. She fucking nailed everything in the movie too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, podcast is warming up once it's ending. <laughs> All right. Um, All right, I have but, a question. So I have a, I have kind of a random question. You guys think Julia Roberts is attractive? No. no. Good answer. She looks like an alien and a horse. She, Susan, Julia Roberts has a fucking pretentious face. She has this like face that just says, "I'm. I think I'm important." I hate all actresses and actors who think they're fucking important. You don't do shit. You pretend on screen, and you get paid yeah. a lot of money for it. You've never done anything important. I just want all all actors and actresses out there to know that you've never done anything important. Aaron Brockovich actually, like, you know, broke down a whole water scandal. You just played her with a push-up bra on, and you got twenty million dollars. Right, exactly. You want to know what that push-up bra wasn't doing you much help? Yeah, itty bitty titty committee. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get that fucking nose fixed. You look like a who. Welcome back to welcome back to the misogynist podcast. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Speaking of misogyny, so here's a story that uh, poor Sarandon told. So she uh, she said she came into the um, to her audition in front of the uh, the Oracle uh, president with a form fitting dress. She said she just leaned over her, his desk for thirty minutes, and then in quote, as a rule, most studio executives' strong suit is an imagination. It was understood what I had to do. Good for her. She was oh, no. an accomplished actress at that point. I don't know why she did that. Uh, she also, Sarandon's very uh, candid on her on her shit, though. It's like this whole Me Too movement shit that's come out. She's like, yeah, that's just the way it is. I mean, back when I was trying to get roles, you know, you just lie down on a desk and just take it. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, all right, more trivia. So, Paul Abdul choreographed the Tim Robbins bar dance moves. And she thought that she was going to be getting two or three lines in the movie. And then she reportedly threw a hissy fit and ran off set. And when she was told that was not true. Oh, my God. <laughs> Insufferable. Straight no, up. No, okay. I'm <laughs> saying. Paula Abdul. Was she in White Men Can't Jump? No, that's a different woman. No, Paula Abdul Perez. was the drunk lady on the American Idol panel. So also Crash Davis. He was uh, the names actually is based off a real baseball player in the 40s. So uh, the director found his name in an old California League record book. And on the first day of filming, the director got a call from the real Crash Davis. So he invited him out to set, hoping that he would just get his approval on the name. But uh, before he could even ask, the real Crash said, do I get the girl at the end? 
Then Sheldon said, "Yes, and I'll introduce you to her right now." Fucked him, too. and she'll probably put out if you ask her to. And then, and then, and then, and then yeah, and then, yeah, she just laid down on the desk and took it. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll have to take this one too. Well, you play in the forties, okay? Whatever. You think that's what Dave Matthews wrote "Crash Into Me" about? <laughs> Susan Sarandon taking it <laughs> from the original Crash Davis. I think Dave Matthews wrote Crash into me about being a corny white guy who can't write a fucking song. I will say, though, I saw them in concert. They are pretty good live. It's, dude, it's definitely not, dude, honestly, it's definitely not like seeing Smash Mouth live, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so also, um, although Robin's hey now, supposed to be you're the young star. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Max. <laughs> uh, yeah, so even though Robbins is supposed to be a young prospect, he was actually 30 at the time, and Costner was 33. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sarandon was 41. Yeah, I had to look at that. I had to look that up because I was like, they're like, I think I didn't think they were that much older than one another, and I was like, oh, wait, they aren't. Because Susan Sarandon yeah. like 40. I was like, oh. Tim Robbins really uh, caught up on the age gap there with uh, him, and, <laughs> him and Costner. By the time you get to Mystic River, you're like, whoa, Tim. Whoa. <laughs> what happened? Buddy, what happened? Did you eat the old nuke over there? Well, Did you nuke nuke? You <laughs> Tim Robbins looks like most people from Boston in that movie. He does look <laughs> yeah. Just, just goes to show you, we're not healthy. We're not a healthy group of people. There's too many fucking yuppies in here. We need another <laughs> crime wave. <laughs> I'm going to go kick some rocks and get stabbed by Sean Penn. All right, you guys will like this one. Grady Little's the disgraced Red Sox manager is credited as a baseball trainer in this movie. Hey. What? No wonder everything sucked. <laughs> I wonder why he had 18 strikeouts and 18 walks. Because yeah. <laughs> Grady just left him in. <laughs> Keep <Yeah>. him in. <laughs> Grady, he's got 15 walks right now. Eh, he'll figure it out. <laughs> it's only the World Series. You know, what are we going to lose, right? No, no, I went out there and talked to him. He said he's good. And I said, well, then my job is to make that decision, so... I guess I'll just listen to you, though, and not do my job. Yeah. All right. And then also the line, um, I hear he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat, uh, was something that Tommy Lasorda said to a Padres player back in the 80s. All right. Time for questions. Who's your favorite and least favorite in this? Um, I definitely think that Susan Saran is my favorite. thought she did a great job in this movie. Mm. And um, my least favorite is the religious uh, baseball player because nothing annoys me more than when athletes pontificate on religion, knowing <laughs> that they're probably all out there just plowing and being the most unchristian people in the world. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess my favorite. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give the easy one because my brain's not working tonight. I'm going to say Crash. I really enjoyed Kevin Costner in this movie. I thought he was good. Um, and then my least favorite was the announcer that was apparently from the fucking bayous of Louisiana. So I couldn't understand <laughs> a goddamn word he was saying throughout the whole fucking thing. And the whole, like, wooden hammer with the fake crowd noise. Fuck that guy. It's a minor league baseball. Who the fuck is actually listening to you? I thought Tim Robbins. I thought he was the best. He was just funny. I was like, he's just dumb as shit. Doesn't know anything, but he's just out to have a good time. So I was all about that. Least favorite. Um, no, you know what I didn't like? I didn't like that fat guy, the fat reporter guy from um, who was the pitching coach. Yeah. He just didn't add anything. He was just terrible. 
I was just like, all right, you're you're kind of a useless ancillary character. Yeah, he's my least favorite as well. And um, <laughs> I'll st- I'll stick in the in the uh, the coaching category. I'll say my favorite's Coach Arizona. Oh, yeah. Always love seeing old men flip their hats backwards and swear to yell at other old guys. It's the top of their lungs. Gosh darn it! What the shit was that? Just ran out to the to the, to the umpire. <laughs> um, calling everybody a shithead. Just the perfect haggard coach. All right. Hall of Fame Cubs announcer. This is going to be a great one since nobody has any energy right now, but <laughs> Cubs announcer Harry Carey is in this movie. What would he say? Bizzle Bazzle, suck my dizzle. <laughs> sorry, right, Bill Cosby is in this. What would he say? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, and you my, got my the pun. <laughs> my mistake. My mistake, gang. Jesus Christ. Hey, do you think the mascot will give me an autograph? He's really got a lot of energy out there. That's how I got playing in a sprinkler. I was playing a sprinkle full of pesticides. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys seem to like old style beer. Do you think you'd give me one of them and a hot dog? I once killed five chickens and two cats during a Cubs loose streak. Then they told me it was spring training. That was fun. <laughs> hey, I just got traded for a washed up catcher. Do you guys know where I can find a hotel to sleep in or maybe a box? Preble. I could range that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, we all know Susan Sarandon was a lucky charm in this movie. But if you had to sleep with Roseanne Barr for six months and make her at the major leagues, <laughs> would you do it? <laughs> I know I would. I know I would. I'd wash it down with a tall, cool Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just so IMDb I- and Rotten Tomatoes have their own rating system, we decided to make our own. So, guys, what would your rating be for this one? I'd give this one Johnny Holstaff no-hitter full of Garter wearing grown men out of one five inning, 125 pitch outing for Dice K. <laughs> uh, I would give this uh, 10 Quaaludes that we probably all took before this uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, over. Um, over a, a fairly decent performance from Kevin Costner. I'm going to give this uh, 28 strikeouts. Over a 17 inning period with the additional 55 walks per, um, which is approximately for my rough calculation about a 378 pitch inning uh, outing. Excuse me. Um, so that's a zero. That's a zero for one for Big Tim Robbins. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> all right then. I'm going to give this five bold mascot wild pitches to the head out of all the Susan Sarandon sloppy seconds. It was a sloppy second in this movie. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's droopy eyes. That sagging face. Oh, God. Yep. Wait, we're talking about Just Susan Sarandon's vagina right now, bump. right? Bump. Oh, that wraps up game two of our April baseball theme movie month. So, guys like the show? Please, we really hope this wasn't the first time you listened. If you like, if you you like this again. show, you need to go to a fucking therapist. There's no reason you should have liked this fucking episode. So if you like this episode, you need professional fucking help. Yep. Rain review and then run yourself straight into a wall head first. Yeah, run into something sharp. Yeah. And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just click at the links upon this, uh, the episode details and you can email us at tdbackrow at gmail.com. So that's the show, guys. Goodbye. That's we all just immediately hang up. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, God.
Don't worry. I'll, I'm going to, you know, next podcast, if the Red Sox don't turn it around at least slightly, I'm going to start to, uh, to, de- to throw death threats at uh, Dabrowski again. So. Good. Good.